the world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs, and we now have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. Keep seeking the answer to poverty through government, and the problem will continue to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, not in Washington or any state's capital. The long-term success of our country will come through our children if we teach them perseverance, humility, honor, character, hope, and love. And love will lead to action. This is The Mickey Ellison Show. How we raise our children today will be our legacy for good or evil. Let's change the world. Now, here is Mickey Ellison. Hey, this is Mickey Ellison, and I'm actually over here typing something into the computer asking Justin a question, and I can't do two things at one time. But I want to welcome you to The Mickey Ellison Show. And and today is a a show where we're going to ask the question, why? And um, I'm going to go back to the very beginning of the show. And actually, if you go to Voice America and look at Mickey Ellison's show, there's a show description. When I first got asked to do this show, I, I actually um, had to write down a description of a show that I didn't necessarily – I kind of wanted to do it. I didn't think I wanted to do it, but what would we talk about? What would be the things that, that we, we should do? And, and most of what happens, I think, on – on radio shows when you're given freedom to to talk about the things you want to talk about is you 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 talk about things that mean something to you. So when I first when I first put it out and the show started to come on the air, I wrote this and it was something of the, this nature. It's not exactly what you you'll see, but it says when the show first began, I had to write a show description. And in that description, I wrote that children are often more wise than adults because they question everything. The truth is The truth is they seek to be more wise or wiser because they're curious and they start from knowing nothing. And as a child, you know, many times we we think of simple things as as a child that that goes to touch a uh, a, the top of a stove. Well, we know why we don't want them to touch the, the stove, but they have to learn why. Sometimes it's a matter of experience. They touch one when it's hot and it burns their hand. Sometimes they actually listen to us. But as an adult, oftentimes we get annoyed by that question. That question is, is one of the things that yeah, my kids do it to me, and I'm guilty of saying just because, just because I said so. And sometimes it takes that answer to get them to just shut up. But why do we quench that, that, that curiosity? Um, and, and, and anyway, I went on to say, so why is it annoying that they ask the question why? In reality, that question is possibly the most important question that we could ever ask. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I believe what I believe? Uh, somewhere along the, the way, we, we stop asking the questions. And as documented on this show and on my webpage at MickeyEllison.com, in 2009, I was actually at my lowest point. Um, there are times where where I, I was at low points, and you think when you're at those low points that it can't get any lower. And the reality is it can. And and sometimes what appears to be a, a time when you should be – from the outside, you look to be the most successful is when you're often dying the most inside. That's where I found myself in 2009. And in 2009, I began to question everything. 
I had worked in an industry in financial planning for in 2009. That would have been 10 years at that time. And um, in the beginning of my career, I questioned I questioned a few things. I w- I w- and it mostly wasn't directed as, as a negative toward the person I was asking the question of, but it was more of me just wanting to know why. Why do we do this? Well, why why do we diversify? Why do we do all these things? And you know, it, somewhere along the line, I stopped asking the question why. And in, in 2008, the market started to tank. Um, people were losing their jobs. People were, were, were frankly scared to death. Retire, people close to retirement were, were losing half of their net, their net worth. They, people in retirement were wondering if they were going to run, run out of money. And I've, I just got to the point where I'm going, God, there's got to be a better way. But first of all, I've got to know the truth, and I've got to start asking the questions why. And in this show today, we're going to talk about the question why. We're going to ask some questions that, frankly, are kind of silly. And I, I would love for someone to call in while we're going live to ask, because I'm sure you have questions why. Um, the number to call in is one 472 5788 if you want to call in and be on the show today. But um, So let's start asking some questions why. I'm just a simple country boy from, from a small town in South Carolina. Uh, graduated from, from what is considered to be a prestigious university, Vanderbilt University. And um, at, going through that, I got introduced to, to things that I, I didn't even know existed. I didn't know, um, you know, I didn't know anything about wine tastings. I didn't know anything about um, homeless. Heck, I grew up in a small town. No, no one was homeless. I'd never seen someone standing on the side of the street asking for food or asking for money or asking for whatever it might be. So let's start with one question. Since I hit on wine, let's talk about wine because I don't understand it. I work in an office where they do client appreciation events that sometimes I participate in, some I don't. Um, wine tastings is one I completely don't understand. I do not understand why people spend thousands or hundreds or thousands of dollars on a drink. I don't understand what the coolness is of taking grapes that have rotted and then drinking them and spending hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, and, and even having – there's probably shows on this network that talks about talks about wine and drinking wine. There's probably shows – I know there's shows here in town. I know that people spend – Thousands upon thousands of dollars on decanters. Heck, I didn't know what a decanter was, and I went to a. This wasn't a wine tasting. This was a glass tasting, and I didn't really. And, and I'll admit, I smelled the wines, and they smelled different um, in in the different glasses. But people will spend. There was one decanter in there. It looked like a snake, and I think it's technically called. I think it is called the mamba. I think it was like five or six hundred dollars. And then I watch my mother-in-law, who can't even figure out how to wash the thing because you can't you can't exactly reach in there and and and, and wash it. But uh, so somebody explained to me why wine tastings are are so much fun. Why can't you just uh, if if the point of drinking wine for most and I and I I being a Christian, I don't believe that drinking wine is necessary is a sin. Um, if 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 drinking wine was a sin, then Christ wouldn't have turned water into wine for a wedding. But I know there's plenty of stuff in there in, in scripture that talks about um, 
drunkenness and how things happen. I mean, heck, you just have to use common sense that if you have ever been in a position where you woke up the morning, the next morning, didn't remember what happened the night before, that could be a problem. Things can actually happen. But, you know, when, when I first got introduced to wine, the first time I tasted it, I thought it tasted like crap. And I started talking to uh, someone close to me who was a wine connoisseur that says, well, it's an acquired taste. And I thought, well, dude, why do I want to uh, acquire a taste for something that tasted terrible the first time I drank it? Why am I going to drink it again? And look, I am not judging you out there if you drink wine. You can drink all the wine you want to drink. It doesn't bother me. Here's another one I don't understand. What's the purpose of a suit and tie? What is the purpose of it? Why, why do we think it, we go to such extremes to look good or what someone calls looking good? You know, frankly, I've seen a lot of people that have, have ties or have a suit on, and, and one, they can't afford to buy the more expensive suits. Um, they've got a shirt that's so tight it looks like they're choking, and all they can do is wait. All they want to do is wait home to get home from work to take the tie off. So why, why is that so cool? Why is that so cool? Um, some more fun things we might think about today in society, we, we know that we have a, a problem with obesity in children and, and oftentimes the argument is made that the, the children play too many video games. Um, I'm fortunate I don't have kids that play a lot of video games, but they will, they'll get caught up. My, my 14 year old will get caught up on his phone and be on that thing forever. And I don't understand why we have, you know, I, I watch NFL football games or Major League Baseball games, and there's this thing that's called play 60 so that the kids will get out and play 60 minutes. What in the world happened? How do we get to the point where we actually have to make kids play? Why is it that, that we do that? Why, why do we have to worry about making kids play? Why, why do we um, complain about our kids playing too many video games? Wouldn't the solution simply be to not buy them the stupid video game to start with? Take it away from them if we think they're spending too much time on them. Now, is a video game in and of itself a bad thing? No, it's not. You know, um, let's look at some, some more. You know, it says we like to say that kids are lazy. They sit around and play video games all day. Well, here, take that thought. Who bought the video game for them? Who bought the telephone for them? Who bought whatever it might be for them? You know, this show, we also talk about kids and we talk about youth sports. One of the things that uh, – and I am going to get to a point with all this stuff when we get to the end because we're going to get to some more serious questions on, on some of this stuff. But, uh, you know, being a baseball guy, if you've listened to this show any period of time, you know that I love the game of baseball. I've had the great fortune of having Tommy John come on the show um, and, and, uh, and talk about youth pitching and, and all these things. And, and we, I live in a city where it costs significant amounts of money for – for people to, to play the game that I love, the game that I grew up playing that I, I frankly, I don't know what it cost my parents. I know they, they bought us a glove, but you know, today, um, you know, I, we, we have kids that are paying $300 for a bat. I'm guilty as charged. I got two kids that have $300 bats, um, $250 for a glove, $50 for a helmet. And, they must. They, they have to buy their own uniforms. When, let's see, I'm 43. I was going to say 20 years ago, but no, I've been 23. But when I when I was 10, 11, we played on teams that had two or three bats. 
the local youth center actually owned the bats. They owned the uniforms. They just let you, you use them, then you turn them back in at the end of the year. But today, we wonder why so many kids, um, why is it so expensive? It's our fault, guys. It's, it, we have turned the game from being a kid-centered game to being a, an adult-centered game. What, what happened to just playing in the local community? What happened? Why, why do we have to play in 15 or 16 tournaments per year and have, have parents spending money not only on the uniforms, not only on the, on the league that they play in, not only on helmets, not all, on all of these things? Why are we having these parents actually spend money to go out of town to play in baseball tournaments? Why do we sit around and complain about being so busy? Aren't we in control of our own busyness? You know, the, the thing that we've had today is we've had modern technology that ha, has really done a lot to supposedly make our lives easier. But yet we find ourselves busier today than we've ever been before. And, you know, we could continue asking questions why, and we're going to. I got a whole bunch of them right here written down in front of me. And, you know, one, one that I like to ask is, uh, why do I pay for recycling? Why, why do you pay for recycling? Now, when the stuff is picked up and take, take, taken over to the recycling center, what do those people do with the stuff after they recycle it? How do we get to the point where we used to be able to take stuff down to the recycling center, recycle it, and get paid for it? But today, we – and the people who bought it would recycle it and turn it into cans or turn it into whatever new paper or whatever it might be. But today, somehow, some way, we've gotten to the point where we actually pay the people to come pick up the recycling so they can take it back over to the recycling center and recycle it and sell it there. Another one I got a question for you. And uh, I'm just waiting on somebody to call to ask me some other questions because I can go on forever with this stuff. And, and hopefully I don't – you're still listening a, a few minutes later because, like I said, we're going to get into some more serious questions as we get, get to going through this. But, um, you know, we, we talk about recycling. Here's one. I live in a small town. You know, it, it says I come from Wichita, Kansas is where the show is airing from. But realistically, um, I live in a small town uh, called Bel Air. We used to live in another one called Park City. And we wanted to do a garage sale, a yard sale. In order to do a garage sale or a yard sale, we had to have a permit. We had to go down to the city hall and pay, I don't know, 15 or $20 for a permit to have a yard sale. Now, what am, what's the point of that? Why am I having to get permission from the city government to do so? Why, why do I also have the same city government put brand new police cars out there? and Because that seems to be a hot topic today. I've got policemen sitting on the side of the street that are, are – we've got – Bel Air is a town. I don't know how many people live in Bel Air. It's not very many. But we have a multi-million dollar city hall. We have brand new police cars. We have – not that the other ones didn't work that they had before, but yet I will have – the person who, who is getting paid for my taxes sitting on the side of the road to charge me whatever amount of money for driving 43 and a 40. 
that might affect my insurance, might affect other parts of my life. Um, why is it that we in a, in a free country talk about owning property? But yet, if we own property, we must pay taxes for that property. Now, if we don't pay taxes on that property, that property can be taken away from us. So if my property can be taken away from me by not paying taxes, do I really own the property in the first place? Whose property is it? Those are questions that I don't I, – I, actually, I know the answer to that question, that question because the fa- fact of the matter is if something can be taken away from me for not paying taxes on it, then the people I'm paying the taxes to actually own the property that I supposedly own. I'm just going to borrow it from them. But we're going to get into some more questions when we get back to, from this break. We're getting ready to go to one, and we're going to get into some serious questions. Some of those questions are, are we're going to talk about racism. Why is there racism? We're going to talk about um, politics. We're going to talk about my experience in the financial industry. And, and, and then we're going to talk about my questioning my own beliefs and how I came to the conclusions that I did come to. And I hope you'll still be with us when we get back from this break. We'll see you then. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Dance Talk Radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the -the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. Today, where we're asking the question, why? And I'm asking a whole bunch of why questions. Some of them I don't even know the answer to. Um, and, and that's why I'm asking. And, and hopefully someone will give us a call um, to talk on the radio show, and we can uh, we can discuss your questions that you may have as well. And, and if you want to call us, one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. And I would love to hear for hear from you. You know, I might find out if no one ever calls and no one's actually listening to the show. And uh, 
then I'm just talking to myself and Justin, who's over there on the other side, having to put up with me. But uh, let, let's talk about some questions. When we went to the break, you know, in the last in the last segment, we asked some questions that that you know about recycling, about baseball, about about wine, about things that, in the grand scheme of things, really don't matter. Um, but the question I, I asked right before we went to the break was about racism, and, and racism is is something that it doesn't even it, it doesn't even make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me why um, why people hate each other, and, and and why why different races think they're better than others. You know, I, I I'm going to talk about my Christianity, and, and we're going to talk about the beliefs when I start when when I really started asking the questions why, and and why I believe what I believe. But uh, you can go ahead and assume if you've listened to the show any period of time because of what we're doing with the Road to Complete Fitness. And by the way. Um, that is going extremely well. We're seeing a dollar a day change the lives of people. We actually had someone that donated a thousand dollars to help someone out of debt last week, versus one. And I will keep fight, keep this fight going on as long as um, I have the breath and the ability to do so. And what, and I hope it's on this radio show. This radio show has the ability to be extremely powerful, extremely powerful, and and, and maybe. Um, I'm just not a good messenger. I listen to other folks on the radio, and, and I realize that I'm not the great orator that uh, orator that some of those people are. But um, let's talk about this racism thing for a second, because we see plenty of it going on right now. We've got we've had riots in in Baltimore. We have we've had riots in Ferguson, Missouri, and we have other places where riots are going on. And um, it, it is because of this this idea of, of racism and because you know i, I wrote down here you know, why are people racist none of us are born that way i wasn't born thinking anything of color my kids weren't born to, to think someone that I, I i'm a white fellow that uh that someone of a, of a different skin tone is uh is not as good as them or or that they're better than that person so if no one's born that way how do we get that way well, we're taught. We're taught by these adults to stop asking the question why, and I'm willing to bet that they went back far enough to where people just stop asking that question why. Now, I believe that, that the earth was created, and I believe that Adam and Eve were the first, uh, first human beings on the face of the planet. Some of you may not believe that, but even if you don't, the first human beings had to come from somewhere. Okay, and, and if Adam and Eve, if we're all descendants of Adam and Eve or whomever you think were the first humans to walk the face of the earth, then is there really a such thing as a race? Is there a such thing as as um, or, or is it just skin pigmentation? Is it that uh, whatever causes a, a person's skin to be darker than another person is really the only difference that if you, you know, I, someone told me the other day, if you actually, they work as a, as an EMT, once you look inside, we all look the same. And I don't understand why, um, why people will associate a bad behavior with the color of someone's skin. Now, if you're just describing the person that committed the the atrocity or the act, then, then that's one thing because it, it, in order to find someone, knowing the color of their skin might be easy to do. But why do we why do we call something the black community or the white community or all this? Why can't we just be a community? Why can't we be a community that, that loves one another, that looks and realizes, you know, there are bad apples in every one of those communities. 
or there are bad apples in and 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 they just so happen to be a certain color. They it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they're that certain color. It may have to do with the fact that that one maybe they they weren't taught things growing up that uh, to to respect other people, to to love one another, to respect the other the things of others. And so I don't understand why that can be. You know, another thing I don't understand. And, and this is where I can get in trouble with my conservative friends because I would be – most people would consider me to be somewhat conservative. But why? Why do we label ourselves as conservative, liberal, whatever it is? Why can't why, – why don't we, we think for ourselves? Now, I do think there's a higher authority on, on the things that I can do, which restrains me from the natural tendencies that I might have a, a, as just a, a, a mortal human being. You know, There, there are things that, that restrain me from – Stealing stuff because many times it would be really easy to steal things. Um, they're right in front of you. I'm sitting here in, in, in an office and 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 taking a couple paper clips out of here. Nobody's going to notice that. But what I don't understand is how politicians will sit out there and say that I should hate someone on the other side of the globe whom I've never met. I've never been to that place, but yet I'm supposed to hate them. We've got all these fights going on between, uh, you know, we talk about human rights, and we talk about the human rights of, of people, and, in, in, you know, the hot topic today is the Middle East. Let's just be honest and, and say, you know, there's, there's, there's atrocities going on in Africa. There are atrocities going on in Asia. There are atrocities going on in America. So why do we focus so much on the atrocities that are going on in the Middle East? Could it have something to do with oil? Could it? You know, if we're all honest about it, yeah, it does. So why aren't we in 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 some of these other areas? Uh, and, you know, what what I what I find interesting is many of the Christian minister uh, uh, Christian missionaries will go to some of the other places that that our military doesn't go to. You know, I uh, I ask a question on on the show that I used to be on here in here in town in Wichita's local show, it's a conservative talk show. And um, I asked a question one time. I said, uh, we're talking about ISIS and we're talking about the, the radical Muslim that is out there that is chopping heads off and, and doing just horrific things to, to human beings. And that is pure evil. But I also asked him the question. I said, have we ever looked back at the original sin, the original sin to see what, why somebody in a country 8,000 miles away would hate me? I don't know them. They don't know me. But why would they hate me? You know, why would I, I think many times we get associated with, with the country that we may be born in or where we live. And I, I'm, I'm happy and proud to be to be an American. But at the same time, I have to look and say, you know what? If a drone flew over Wichita, Kansas, and I was at a wedding. And at that wedding, there was a terrorist, horrible, horrible person. And that terrorist was taken out, but yet everybody at the wedding party was killed as well. And there was 200, 300 people at that wedding party. Do you think that you might be creating enemies when you're doing that? That maybe they didn't want to follow jihad, but you gave them reason to hate America? Why is it that, that we as, as individuals are moved around like puppets by politicians to kill one another? In different parts of the country, you know, I look back to World War II, which, uh, you know, did the people of Germany, did the actual people of Japan, did those people really 
want to kill people on the other side? And what were they killing them for? Who were they killing them for? Why were we doing those things? You know, it doesn't – if you start asking these questions, you know, here's one, and this one I know will make some people mad. But you have to ask your, yourself this question. Why would this make you mad? And, and this, was, this was me thinking as, as a Christian. Okay, I've actually got it written down over here. But the Pledge of Allegiance. Let's talk about the Pledge of Allegiance. And why people are so offended that someone else doesn't want to say it. Now, why are you offended that somebody does want to say it? Why do we want to make somebody have to say the Pledge of Allegiance? Now, am I grateful for the people who who fought the, in the American Revolution that uh, that that gave us freedom, but let, let's really think about it. The people that were in in the western parts of the uh, the New World at that time were they really being um, abused by by the King of England? No. What we did is we we, we may have actually traded one tyrant that was three thousand miles away for uh, well, if you're in California, those tyrants are still three thousand miles away because they're in Washington D.C. But you know what what happens. Is if we were to look back at, at video footage from from Nazi Germany, and you see those pictures of those children in the in those schools that are holding their hands out, going "Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler," but what if we just took that same thing and put their hand on their heart and said, "I pledge allegiance to a flag." Now, look, I am not anti-American. I love this country. I love the people. Many of the people in this country. In fact, as a Christian, I'm supposed to love everyone. But I pledge allegiance to a flag. As a Christian, should I pledge allegiance to anything other than my God? Maybe my family. But but if I pledge allegiance to a flag, am I not bordering, bordering on idolatry? Now, am I going to get potential hate mail for saying this, that you don't love your country? That's a bunch of crap because I do. I absolutely love my country, but yet I'm not pledging allegiance to something that doesn't represent my core beliefs if it no longer represents uh, – that at one time maybe did, but no longer does. We get caught up in being a part of a group. You know, I, I sit back and I, I, I watch Republicans and Democrats, and I used to be a part of this. I I, I grew up – you know, I, I was the guy that, that in, at Vanderbilt in the in the early 90s that I got introduced to Rush Limbaugh. Now, Rush Limbaugh said a lot of things that I agreed with. And um, I, I became more of the person, similar to the person whose show I was on here, up until about let's go six years ago. And I really started to to question. Well, why why do I hate someone that calls themselves a Democrat? Why do you call yourself a Democrat? Why why is it that we we look at politicians and we go, well, we're 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 voting. And we're, we're, we're speaking our mind, but yet anybody, you know, as a kid, I remember, some of you remember this, anybody can be president. Oh, really? Can they? Can anybody become president? Can anybody that doesn't have a, dude, they spend billions of dollars on presidential candidacies. You have to ask yourself why on some of that as well. Um, why is it that you'll have a company, say a Goldman Sachs or, or someone like a, um, I don't know, American funds or, or let's keep going down the line and talk about uh, Morgan Stanley. Why is it that they spend billions of dollars 
on a candidate running for, for office when that candidate really should have nothing to do with their business whatsoever. But yet, somehow, some way, we wind up with a tax code. The 70,000, that last time I checked, 70,000 pages long. And we, we somehow believe that we live in a free country. You have 70,000 pages worth of tax code to follow. Do you really think you're free? Now, you're free to do what, what they will allow you to do. But if you were to step out on a limb and maybe call out one of those politicians, they can use that 70,000 pages to come down on you at any time that they want to. So why is this tax code 70,000 pages long? Why is it that me working in the financial planning industry, I, I started to ask questions such as, why, does the, why, why do I have to plan for inflation? What causes the price of stuff to go up? When I actually have you know, easier access to stuff today, and it can be made much quicker, and you know, we, we, now we have sweatshops that we get our goods from over in China and other places, but yet the prices of stuff still keep, keep going up. Why is that? You know, here's one I really, really liked was, uh, you know, in the, in the midst of the crisis, and probably if you listen to terrestrial radio or you listen to, to satellite radio, and especially if you listen to talk radio or, or watch Fox News or any of the, the news channels on television, you will see commercials on gold and silver. And these people will be talking about the dollar is going to collapse. Now, look, I actually believe that's probably true. But you must ask yourself this question. Why would someone that thinks the dollar is going to collapse be willing to trade their gold for your dollars? Hmm. I don't know the answer to that question. Why would they be willing to do that? And if the economy is in such, is in such dire straits, of which I believe that at some point in time it will be because it is based on debt, and we'll get into some of that in the last, last segment of the show – but um, if, if I was – the dollars I have are going to be worthless, wouldn't the most important thing I have to do um, uh, would be to feed my family, feed myself? So why wouldn't food be more valuable? So why, why is it that as a financial planner, I, I look at people who come in and, and, and we need to save for retirement? First of all, where did the age of 65 come from? Why is it 65? The, why is that the age that we all strive to retire at? Why? I, maybe I'll change my mind being at 43 years old, but why, why am I going to retire? You know, what, what am I going to do? That, it, that, maybe I'd, get, I'd play golf for, for a whole bunch of days in a row, but eventually that would become boring. Eventually, um, maybe you could travel for a while, but eventually that would become tiresome. So why is it that we do a lot of things that we do? Like I said earlier, property taxes, why don't we pay those? Why do I care if some celebrity comes on television and I find out they are of a political party that I find myself uh, uh, associated with? Why does it matter that Gene Simmons from KISS might say something that I agree with? Dude, do I really want Gene Simmons' opinion? Why is it that Every television show that we turn on, uh, most televisions you turn on today on, on Disney, is about being famous and rich and looking a certain way and all these things. But yet, we find that many of those people that we strive to be like 
are miserable themselves. Why is it that people who are rich and famous wind up being alcoholics, drug addicts, or, or, or whatever it might be? Now, not everybody that's wealthy becomes that, but why is it that Heath Ledger would kill himself? Um, what was the guy's name? Uh, I can't think of his name. It was on the show not, that I talked about not too long ago. I can't think of it. But Elvis Presley, heck, I mean, that, that's an example of them all. Michael Jackson. All these people were rich and famous. So why, what, what was missing from their lives? We will continue to answer the, ask the question why, and in the next segment, I'm going to get into my whys and why I believe what I believe and why it is so important that we fight to get this dollar a day to become viral and why it is that I find it important that some of you out there will join us in this fight because I believe that there are millions of people drowning in debt and we're sitting back doing nothing when with just very little effort, very little sacrifice, we could literally change the world. Folks, we'll be back um, with the Mickey Ellison Show to get in, in a minute, and we will talk about um, what it is that uh, that I went through and some of the questions that I asked, especially regarding my faith, and hopefully you'll join us and hear that, and uh, you'll start to ask the questions why yourself so that you can actually answer the question if somebody else asks you, why do you believe what you believe? We'll see you in a minute. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Women can live their lives to the fullest and realize their dreams for growth and greatness. Georgine Summers knows. As host of On the Edge, Georgine will give you powerful tools and rules to help you change direction in your life and get rid of the fears that stop you from living your dreams. Stretch your boundaries and become the amazing person you've always wanted to be. On the Edge with Georgine Summers airs live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, 
back to the show. And it is, this is Mickey Ellison. It is okay if you call that number 1-866-472-5788. And I guess if you uh, if you get to the end of the show and you're listening on demand you kn- and you didn't hear a phone call come in, you know one, no one called. So we were asking the question why, and we, we talked about racism. Why is there racism? Why do people hate other people that are just because they're a different color? It's not things that, that we're, we, we are born with. It's things that we're taught. There's things that we're, we, we just don't question – we don't question why. So if we're going to talk about the questions why, we talked about 70,000 pages of, of tax code and all these things that uh, really you can dig down. We can find the answers why. But um, – and, and it may not be something you want to do. But when I started asking the question why, I began to uh, really search inside. And I wanted to know the truth, and I wanted to know – why I believe what I believe. And the first thing I had to ask was, why am I a Christian? Why, why, did, why did I become or call myself a Christian? Was it because my mom and dad are Christians? Was it because their mom and dad were Christians? Was it because their mom and dads were Christians? And on down and on down the line. So we, we didn't ask why we believe what we believe. So I started to ask that question. And, you know, sometimes it, it does take faith to, to believe in some of the stuff. And, you know, when I, when I started to do that, I looked at all the way back even to the to creation. There, there are people who believe in evolution. Um, there are people, people that believe in, in the Big Bang and, and all these things. And I just came to the conclusion myself that this could not have just happened, you know, where did all this come from? Now, look, I can't answer the question of where did God come from. I don't know where God came from. But I also cannot – it takes a lot of faith to believe that something was created out of nothing, and nothing was there to cause the creation to take place in, in the first place. And that by chance, we would live on a planet that is perfectly aligned and perfect distance from a star – that provides us what we need, that we have the right amount of oxygen. If we get a little bit closer to the sun, a little bit further away, one, one way we, we burn to death, the other way we, we freeze to death. Um, and, and just the miracle of the body itself. And now look, just because I came to the conclusion that there had to, for me, that there had to be a creator, that still doesn't answer the question as to why, why Christianity? Why would, why would you go that direction and you know i'm i'm sure some of it is influenced by 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 my parents but for those of you that don't know the story of of christ and when he came when he came to earth and the crucifixion maybe you don't know that you know he had 12 guys following of which one would uh, uh would actually they're, they're written about. There are many others that were following and, and, and talking about Christ. But you had 12 of them, 12, the 12 disciples. One of them wound up uh, betraying and actually causing Christ to be arrested. And, 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 and you know, it, if you believe Christ is, is God, then you also have to understand that he allowed it to happen. But something happened. When Christ was, was arrested, 10 of those 11 that were left disappeared. They ran in fear. They were in hiding. The only one that didn't run away that I, that I can think of was John. 
And John was actually at the at the cross. And if you read read scripture, you know that he was there because Jesus spoke to him right before he he died. And after he died, after the resurrection, the those eleven people suddenly became extremely bold. So bold that ten of those eleven would actually wind up dying a martyr's death. Now, if you didn't um if if you were scared to death one day and several weeks later you were willing to die for something, something happened. Something changed. Something that that would cause you to be willing to be, in Peter's case, to, to be hung upside or, or to be crucified upside down on a cross. It would cause some of them to have their heads cut off. It would cause all these things. But if you didn't really believe that, would you be willing to have your head cut off? No. And those are the, that's kind of how I came to the conclusion that, that – and some of you would say, well, that's silly. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I tell you what. One of the things that Christ – several of the things that Christ calls us to do. He was asked by the Pharisees and asked, what, what were the, what are the greatest, what's the greatest commandment? He said, to love thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and all thy soul. And the other is to love others as yourself. And even if we would take that into it and, – and you know, we, we've got this, this ministry called the Road to Complete Fitness where we do focus a little bit on, on the fitness side, but – we also fo- my focus has been on the debt side, where we we base what we do off of Philippians two three through four, where we do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather to put the interest of others above self. Imagine what happens in a world where we start to put the interest of, of others above self, even if you don't believe in the Christ that I believe in. If we stop thinking about, I mean, think about it. You go to a restaurant. And your food comes out, and it's wrong. And yet someone – man, have you heard the story? Well, I gave that waiter and waitress a piece of my mind, or I gave that, that telemarketer a piece of my mind, or I gave, I gave the customer service person on the, on, on the phone a piece of my mind. Well, do you feel good about it? Does that make you feel really good? Maybe you don't know. All you had to do at the restaurant was say, look, I, I asked for this to be cooked a certain way, and it's cooked this way. Would you mind um, fixing it? Because mistakes made. You ever make one? I make plenty of them. My kids make plenty of them. And sometimes, you know, I'm not saying that I've never yelled at someone, but realistically, you have to stop and think. If I put the interest of the person above me that was serving me the food, then maybe I would sit there and say, okay, they made a mistake. Maybe I don't know what's going on in their life. Maybe they just lost a child. Maybe um, their their husband or their wife is the, the main breadwinner of the family. They just lost a job. Maybe they're drowning in debt, and they can't get their minds off of it because I know what it's like to drown in debt. I know what that does to, to a person. I know that, that it can bring you down to a level that you cannot even imagine. So here's what I want to ask is, is if we call ourselves Christians, if we believe what Christ said to do, and you know, we, we look at the – he called us to, to feed the hungry, clothe the naked. House the homeless, take care of widows and orphans. Then I must ask the question, why is it that I go in cities all around the country and I can see big cathedrals where millions upon millions of dollars are spent on a building 
when what Christ called us to do was to make disciples of men, and that meant we had to get out of the building. When there's people in your city or my city that could use help, that could use $1 a day. There's people that are actually going up to the church. They're driving their Mercedes Benz. They're driving their – and look, I don't care if you drive a Mercedes Benz. But if you are driving a Mercedes Benz and you don't – you say you don't have $1 a day to give to someone, you're full of crap. You're full of it. And you want to sit there and say, well, what does it make – well, I, 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 I go to – I go to church. Now, hey, it's between you and Christ, you and God, whether you're actually saved or not. But how in the world can we have churches that are building millions of dollars worth of, 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 of new buildings, sound systems? What is this, entertainment? You know, I can turn on the radio to get entertainment. So what we're asking people to do, and I believe this, and I will fight this until as long as I can fight that there are millions upon millions of people out there that are willing to give $1 a day. And there are people out there with the resources to help us put some of this stuff into place, to get the internet running, to get the – to get the uh, maybe we need to be set up as a 501c3 so that it's easier for people to, to give than the way we're doing it right now. But it's right. Will Trump in, in January of this year told me – and for those of you who don't know who Will Trump is, Will Trump's my best friend outside of my wife. He said one thing about what we're doing with the road to complete fitness. He says, Mickey, it's right. And God's going to move you. And God's going to lead you where he wants you to go in his time, not yours. I believe that time is now. That time is now to truly, truly make the difference. Because, look, we're sitting back here, and we've got people who are, are, are drowning in, in the debt when all it takes is a dollar. Do the math, folks. I don't know how many listeners on uh, – Listen to this show. It's not a whole, probably not a lot since I talk about God now, but uh, and that's a shame. But what if, what if the number of people says four million people listen to this radio network? What if those four million people gave one dollar a day? Four million dollars every day is raised to help someone else out of debt. But see, you missed the power of it because if all it is is to get people. To where they can spend money on other stuff. That's that's one thing. But imagine the good that can be done if we have millions upon millions of people who are no longer sending twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, five thousand dollars a month to Visa, Mastercard, Bank of America, payday loans. Heck, guys, I actually did a, a little experiment this week, and I, I drove around town for about. Oh, about 45 minutes. And in that 45 minutes, I was actually able to find over 200 places where you can get a loan. Anywhere from payday loans to uh, uh, credit counseling, not credit counseling, but, but car lots that are going to help you get your credit. Now, let me ask you this question. If borrowing money got you in the trouble that you're in, how is borrowing more money supposed to help you? If a credit score is so important, you know, hopefully we get to a point one day where we don't need a credit score. And you start to understand that we have extreme power over the prices of stuff going on, the prices of college going up, if we learn to not need to borrow money. You know, there's a lot of talk about inflation 
and, and the things that may be coming down the, down the line because of what the Federal Reserve is. And some people listening to this show know what the Federal Reserve is, and some other, some people have no idea. If you actually – if you just look at one of your dollar bills, if you have one of those in, in, in your pocket um, because most of us don't carry cash anymore, you notice there's a Federal Reserve note. Most people don't – a lot of people don't know what they do. Frankly, I don't know everything that they do. But all I know is if there's a group of people out there that's telling me that the prices of stuff that I buy each and every day needs to go up, and that's good for me, I don't understand it. And you've got to ask yourself that question. So here's what I ask. If you're still listening to this show and you haven't contacted me, you can. it's really easy to do. It's Mickey at MickeyEllison.com, or you can go to face, the Facebook page, Mickey Ellison Show. You can comment over there. Um, you can comment on some of the areas at MickeyEllison.com, or I'll even throw this one out to you, 316-209-9005. You can contact me that way. That's a direct line to me. But, folks, we can do many, many things to change the world. And it's not about the next president that we're going to elect. It's not about the next person we're going to elect for senator or next one we're going we're to elect for the for House of Representatives. It's not about that. It's about building this community $1 a day at a time and millions of us joining to do that to decide, you know what? You know, I'm not going to elect a politician to go out and tell the people in California the way they need to live their lives, nor do I want them to elect politicians to tell me in Kansas how I need to live my life. But what I am going to do is I'm going to love those people out there. And we're going to find people, millions of you. There's millions out there that will give a dollar a day. Hopefully we're going to have uh, uh, some other stuff that we're going to, we're going to partner with. We can provide education as far as how, how to get out of debt. One of the, uh, the, the people that we helped for three months, Andrea Aiken, has been on this show. She's now mentoring somebody else who is receiving the dollar a day from the 23 people that are volunteered to do so, plus $1,000 extra that was sent. But, folks, we're at the end of the show. I beg of you to ask the questions. Ask why, when, how, what, all those questions. But the most important is why. Why do you do the things that you do? Why is it that you you get up in the morning to go to work? Why is it that that um, you're driven by what it is? Why is it that I was driven to play baseball? All these questions, all this one, all it boils around to is wraps around is one thing: why? Why do we do the things that we do? And why aren't you given one dollar a day? And why haven't you contacted me at Mickey at MickeyEllison.com? Folks, we'll be back with another show next week. We hope you will join us and. Uh, We'll see you then. Have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too.